Welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about, uh, we've talked about this topic a few different times, uh, several times over the last four plus years of doing the show. But I think we've got a different, we've got a guest this week that has a bit of a different spin on it. And I think that's what's going to be very interesting to see. Um, This week, our guest is the CEO and founder of The Artist Evolution. At one point in his life, he lived in a teepee. Uh, He's been a Hollywood musician. He is the author of a book called Don't Buy a Duck. Yeah, we're going to get into that later. Uh, he's also the host of a business leadership, uh, the business leadership series podcast. Uh, so our guest this week is Mr. Derek Champagne. Welcome to the show, Derek. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. A, a big fan of what you're doing, and thanks for sharing your platform today. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm I'm glad to have you on. Um, I know I got connected with your background, and I'm like, okay, we got to have this guy on. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so with, with that being said, t- t- tell us about your your journey, your your career journey, your entrepreneurial journey. You bet. And, I, and, and let me say this, there's a lesson in there, Ken, is, uh, you know, I learned at one point in time to embrace my past and not, not, not hide from it, right? Like there's a, there's a lesson there about telling your authentic story mm-hmm. and seeing who connects with it. And that, that's the best story to tell. But there was a while there that I didn't share all my details. So thank you for connecting with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was, a, I was uh, always from an early age interested in, in business, entrepreneurship, and in music. So my, my parents were part-time touring musicians back in the 70s and 80s. And so I'd go on the road with them part time. My first time on a stage, I was three. Uh, My mom had us up there singing and it just kind of connected from there. And they would go from town to town and play shows all over the country. Uh, And so I really got to see firsthand this just I had this fascination of taking art, taking music and and putting it in front of an audience, seeing how they respond. Uh, And as I grew, I started being with my brother at 11 years old. We We were doing tours from Arkansas to Nashville and having people drive us. And so really an equal love for me of business and, 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 uh, and of music. And I, I actually, uh, I was actually managing our band at the age of 11. By the time I turned 18, uh, I had started one company in the cookie space, uh, Famous Amos. I had bought a Famous Amos distributorship as soon as I turned 18 and, and brought it to Northwest Arkansas, to Oklahoma, to part of Missouri. Uh, and I was known as the cookie guy and the music guy. And I built that territory up and sold it. And, uh, when I had the first opportunity to make a change, I decided that I was going to move to California and explore music. Just, I, I remember sitting on the beach with some friends in Florida, and I said, in one year from now, I'm going to go, and I'm really going to follow my dreams, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go as far as I can and pursue music at the highest level. And I'm going to go to this place called Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Here I was on a, you know, a guy that grew up on an Arkansas dirt road. Uh, just you know, That seemed like a crazy dream. Saw it in a magazine, <laughs> and I did it. And, uh, you know, what I didn't mention is when I turned 18, the, f- the first thing I did was went and bought a bulk mailing permit. And I was booking shows for us, 200, sending 200 press kits out at a time. I was one of the first people I knew that had a website. Remember back in those days when, when that was still pretty novel. Mm-hmm. And so I was always looking for growing things like that. So I moved to California. I went to Musicians Institute. I started a few companies while I was out there. I also had an entertainment company. I was, I was playing shows uh, uh, on the Sunset Strip three, four nights a week doing tours. Um, and really just had a lot of fun. At one point in time, you know, we got to do music on TV shows and soundtracks. And at one point in time, I uh, was even the, the, 
the house bass player at the Viper Room at the time that Johnny Depp owned it. I was a, the Sunday night musician there. Uh, just a very different life than I'd grown up. And, and I really pursued that for a long time. And I was there around the time that the music industry changed. Do you remember Napster? Remember when all that stuff happened? Oh, yeah. Yep. And, it, and I was in the middle of that. And, and back then, it seemed like my life was kind of crashing down or was pivoting around me because it was one of my lifelong dreams to really do music always. Uh, but I didn't realize I was in the middle of this really amazing digital transformation that I recall now and use to my benefit in our, in our companies. Uh, but back then, it was a big deal. And so a lot of the bands I knew, they were all signed to major labels. We were on the label. We had an agent. We had a manager. And everybody was just shelved. Uh, Napster came along. The, uh, the record industry was crumbling as we knew it. And there was just a lot of changes happening. And uh, I had an opportunity to make a change. I had a, an oral surgeon, this, this business doctor who had his own jet and owned like 18 companies. And, and I pitched an idea to him outside of, outside of the, the, uh, the music space. And it was a, really in the dental market. And I pitched this idea uh, that was uh, taking advertising and putting out nationwide. And, uh, and the, the, the uh, businessman liked it. And I said, you know, the caveat is, is I'd like to run this. And so I started from while I was in L.A. still doing music, I, I on the side helped build this dental marketing uh, product in the advertising space that went we, we launched it nationally in five dental disciplines. So we were in uh, I'm, I'm going to forget them all, but oral surgery, uh, uh, general dentistry, um, periodontal, uh, orthodontal, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, met my wife during that time. She has, had been an actress in, in L.A. and we kind of got tired of the midnight shows and that kind of that exhausting life. And uh, moved back to where I had grown up, Northwest Arkansas. She fell in love with the place. Um, and I had an opportunity there to work it with an agency where our clients were Dial, T-Mobile, Rubbermaid, Crayola. And uh, what happened to me, though, Ken, that was interesting is, is uh, I had left, intentionally left the music business, right? Mm-hmm. And so while I was gone, I just assumed, and this is something I learned about my character at the time that I wanted to improve, is I just assumed the, the projects I was a part of would stop. Never even thought about being a legacy entrepreneur where you want to make things grow. I just thought, well, I'm gone. It'll stop. Not only did my main project not stop, but it thrived. And an artist called John Mayer uh, <laughs> actually endorsed the band, uh, picked it as one of his favorite new projects. Millions and millions of views. All the stuff happened. And even one of the songs that I had a, should have had a writing credit on, I didn't get. And so by just this odd transformation within a six-month period, I went from being in L.A., being a primary in this, this whole you know, spotlight to sitting in a cubicle in Bentonville, Arkansas, in the Walmart vendor space with this agency. And I literally heard a boom in my head. Like I heard this, this boom. And I went to the emergency room and they said, you're fine. I went back two more times and then the doctor said to me, hey, Derek, you're not sick, you're unhappy. And you've got to make a change in your life. And you're either going to learn to live with your life right now, the new changes you've made in your pivot, or you're going to go off and you're going to do something different. And within that next two weeks, I went and started my own agency, The Artist Evolution. Uh, where, where, where I've been, where we're going on was 2007. So yeah, we're going on 14 years right now. And uh, I work from startups to household brands and in between and helped them for over a decade, uh, launches some pretty fun campaigns. So that's, that's kind of where I was and where I'm at now. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, twists and turns in there. A lot, a lot of pivots. And I've seen that in life as I've seen things happen in decades sometimes, right. Or half decades. And, you know, I, I saw a meme not recently on social media that, that, uh, you know, a caterpillar said, you've changed to the butterfly and the butterfly said, I thought we were supposed to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really an evolution, right? And as entrepreneurs and as, as leaders and as learners, lifelong learners, uh, I think we continue to grow and it's not always surprising that there's twists and turns in our journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, kind of what I, I take from it is all those twists and turns throughout your life 
while at the time they may have been challenging, have forged you into the successful person you are today. If you hadn't gone through those experiences, uh, you may not have had the same, you know, fortitude, perseverance, et cetera, that you have now to make you successful now. It's one of the blessings that we have with that comes with age if we're lifelong learners. And I stress that those two words, right? I mean, lifelong learners is critical. And people, if people introduce me as a marketing guru, I say, no, I'm a marketing student. And I tell the, those that come to work for us, if you thought you were done because college is finished, you're in for disappointment because in the industry we're in, we're always learning. And in life as leaders, we have to always be learning our lessons in order to keep growing. Definitely. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. Well, we're going to hit a break here, guys, uh, pay some bills, run some commercials uh, real quick. We'll just be uh, back with you here in about a minute. But um, we're going to have in the third segment, Derek's going to talk to us about the five crisis points in marketing. So stay tuned to Mr. Biz Radio. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show, and it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is, if you are not willing to take the risk, you are willing to accept mediocrity. You've got to take that risk. You got to jump out there sometimes. I'm not saying to be crazy about it, but um, you, you definitely have to take some risks in life. You, you look back at all of the people we think of now, you look at in the world in all different uh, disciplines, industries, et cetera, that are successful, we would consider to be successful. They have all at some point taken risks and not a risk, but typically many, many risks and frankly failed at some of them. But that's just part of the, the uh, evolution, uh, kind of like what we were talking about with Derek in the first segment. So very important thing there. Uh, and so I should mention, are you tired of waiting? Do you have this problem of waiting 60 plus days sometimes for customers to pay invoices? If so, invoice financing through Porter Capital can provide cash flow help in as little as 24 hours. To get the working capital you need when you need it, visit portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz. That's portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz. And you can make an appointment and talk to those good people and see how they can help you get the working capital that you need. All right, let's get back into talking with this week's guest, Derek Champagne. Uh, you can find out more about what he's got going on at theartistevolution.com. And um, he's got a lot of really cool stuff. There's a ton of content out there. Definitely check out his website. Uh, but Derek, so you shared a bunch of good stuff. I, I got to jump back to something you'd mentioned. So you mentioned uh, a, a guy by the name of, I don't know, John Mayer. You just kind of, sli- you know, slyly <laughs> dropped that one in there. Uh, what, what's the, what was the story behind that a little bit? 
Yeah, well, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, let me dig into that a little bit more. He just basically heard the project. You know, the band that I was in was selected by MTV employees as their favorite band. So it was getting great traction. Uh, one of the interesting things about LA, though, is there's always a reason to stay in that business, right? So there's always one more reason to stay. There's always one more contact, one more connection, which is good. Uh, but the John Mayer one that was interesting was he he just picked it as one of his favorite band picks of the music, and that really just helped catapult it. So uh, I, I think it's really that simple, but uh, um, I'm happy for the project. And the big lesson I learned personally out of that, uh, it taught me how to be a legacy entrepreneur in general, that lesson did. And mm -hmm. meaning that whenever I put my thumbprint on something, uh, I wanna be happy not only when I leave it, it succeeds, but I wanna do everything I can to help it grow once I'm gone. That's just a different mindset. Yeah, no, I think that's, again, critically important. And uh, again, one of the, the, looking back now, one of those probably tough, tough life lessons uh, to learn. You got, it's a, like I tell our kids all the time. I said, you know, I want you as a teenager, metaphorically to, to skin your knees down again, right? Mm -hmm. And I want you to skin your knees while you're here, um, while you're still living under our roof. So I can help you through getting your knees skinned because I don't want right. you when you get on your own to break your leg. Um, I think that's great advice. Yeah. And when, you know, I, I encourage people now, if you feel that icky feeling, if you feel, if you see something that you, that maybe you're uncomfortable with about yourself or, wow, I didn't realize I had that kind of reaction. I encourage you to lean into it and explore why, because if we don't, we stay surface level and we don't continue to build our character and grow. And it's critical, critical for us as leaders, even if we're only leading ourselves to lean in in those moments that are uncomfortable. You know, I really liked your tip of the day. Uh, for me, I share often that meaningful change is going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Do you want to change? Do you want to grow? Meaningful growth is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, I, I uh, mentioned this at the outset when I introduced you, but I, I got to also hear the story behind um, the, your book, Don't Buy a Duck. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love to share that. Yeah. So uh, excellent. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, you know, that that stemmed from so many things. But what happened for us is many years for many years. And I'll share more in the next segment. But, uh, you know, I, I've done thousands of audits of businesses and I really came up with these 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 common issues and problem areas. And so I, I built the book based on that. But it really stemmed from me having this experience when I was eight years old and I was eight years old. And my mom had one of these features on her car. You may be familiar with it, maybe not. But it basically braked at every yard sale that we saw. And we just automatically pull in. So we stopped at every yard sale that we ever saw. Okay. And the, the particular one on that day that I remember with the duck that we bought uh, was a 1984 Oldsmobile green station wagon with the wood trim. Can you picture it? Remember oh, yeah. That? The old family yard truckster. sale chariot. Yard the sale chariot in the cell. <laughs> you got it. That's right. We pulled into this yard sale. I was eight years old. I had $5 in my pocket. And it was an, it, kind of like a church estate yard sale. And we went around the, went around the corner and the stars aligned for my eight-year-old eyes. It was a duck, an actual duck sitting there with a string around its webbed foot. And that was for sale for $10. And I, I said, Mom, I, I've got to have that. And she seemed to know something that I didn't. She said, uh, that's a duck. <laughs> like, I know it's a duck. I need it. She's like, are you sure you want a duck? And I talked to my brother to, to give me his $5 too. I guess that was my first sales experience. My <laughs> older brother, I should add. Uh, and we bought the duck. And what I share in the whole premise of the book is about the time that that duck was placed in the back of that, in a cardboard box in the back of that car, is about the time that I had that, that nauseous feeling in my stomach that everyone has at some point when they get buyer's remorse. And small business owners can really relate to it when they've made a purchase they shouldn't make. And any consumer can remember, can feel it when they bought a boat or they did something and the, <laughs> the, the purchase was more fun than, than the actual getting the product. 
And about that time I had that experience is when that duck flew out of the box and it was like an albatross in our station wagon. And it went crazy while we were driving down the road. So we were able to safely get it out of the neighbor's pond eventually, but not without doing permanent damage to my psyche. And so the first <laughs> thing when I started working with these business owners and going, you spent money on what? You're doing what? But wait, did you not even measure that? Wait, that does work? That doesn't work? It's like, wow, they're buying a bunch of ducks. And I named them quackers, by the way. And he nice. lived all his days out in the neighbor's pond. And so that's the analogy I make when I, when I teach on marketing is, are you buying a duck? And that's the premise of the book. I love it. I love it. No, I, I, and I think that's, it's great uh, that you have that premise behind it because that, that's definitely the title is something that makes you lean in and go, wait a minute, what's this about? Well, can, uh, if I can tell you one more quick fun story about that is sure. you know, one of my heroes is Seth Godin and Seth Godin endorsed the book, uh, which was, which was a real, real exciting for me is, you know, I sent him a request to look at it and I, I put, don't buy a duck. And then I put quack and question mark on this in the subject matter. Because mm -hmm. I knew it was just quirky enough that Seth might open it and take a look at it. And then if he did, maybe he would take a look at the content. And that's the, the title is how I got Seth to look at it and then ultimately read it and give us that endorsement. Awesome. That's a great story. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. So we've only got uh, about a minute and a half here left. But uh, so I don't know if you can cover it in this amount of time. But I do want to talk to you about one other thing that I know I've, I've seen in your content that you mentioned, and that is people making strategic versus emotional decisions. Mm. Yeah, that's critical. Uh, you know, I see often, I, I have a chapter in my book that says getting married should be an emotional decision, but spending money on marketing should not be. And <laughs> if you have a good plan and if you have some of the things in the five crisis points that we'll talk about in the next segment, then you can be strategic and actually have fun placing your marketing because you understand where it fits in your budget. And it's really important we think about the Maslow hierarchy of needs uh, there, there's the bottom one is survival, uh, you know, the, the eating shelter, those kinds of things, which served us really well when we were in the, in the cavemen and cavewomen days. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't serve us well when we're making strategic decisions for our marketing growth. And I see a lot of businesses that are making decisions from that emotional side. And when they can learn to let go of the emotional, be more strategic, that's when we start to see growth. We coined a phrase, pet mag, plan, execute, track, measure, adjust, grow. When we work with clients and we work with businesses, we follow that methodology. We're not panicking. We're spending money the right way. And we can be strategic instead of emotional. I love it. I love it. Look, I'm a numbers nerd, Derek. So uh, yes. I'm, I'm definitely a, a strategic. It's funny enough, I even tell people that I'm strategic to a fault in that I'm always thinking ahead and in, in the mm. bigger picture. And I do it to a fault because in the meantime, I trip over the curb that's right in front of me because I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, looking out on the horizon and trying to figure yes. out what's next. Well, look, we're <laughs> going to hit a break here, guys. We're going to continue talking with Derek Champagne, theartistevolution.com. We're going to get the five crisis points in marketing. Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is a CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project boards, quoting and invoicing, and so much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise-specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at thepulsespot.com. Again, that's thepulse, P-U-L-S-E, spot.com. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, 
and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. Question for you guys. Do you lack the cash flow needed to expand your business, and but maybe you don't meet the qualifications of a traditional bank loan? If that's the case, you need to look at invoice financing. Invoice financing is a definite option in that whole game of capital. And if the good folks at Porter Capital can help you get the working capital you need when you need it. Most of the time, in as little as 24 to 48 hours. Visit portercap.com. That's portercap.com forward slash Mr. Biz to apply for a free quote today. All right. So let's get back to talking with De this week's guest, Derek Champagne, CEO and founder of The Artist Evolution. You can find out more at theartistevolution.com. Derek, walk us through, uh, I know you talk about this uh, in, in your book as well, but the five crisis points in marketing. Yeah, I'm happy to share this. And this isn't just something I coined to try to get something catchy. This is what happened with reviewing thousands of brands, right? I, we go in and do audits from startups to household brands that you know. And the common crisis points that we have found are these five I'm going to share. And it, they really are simple, which it, to me is good news because that means they're things we can address and fix, right? That's not complicated. The first one is, who am I? Simply, who am I? What does your business stand for? And a lot of times we see that businesses have not taken the time to really address what makes them really unique. What's your unique value proposition? What, why would someone do business with you over the competitor? What is it that makes you different? What do you stand for? What's your unique story? And taking the time to do that, who am I? Seems pretty simple, but I see it often overlooked where there's confusion in the brand. Uh, we had one brand uh, that we worked with that was called Amgene, A-M-G-I-N-E. And that was their clever nod to the word enigma. Had no idea who they were. I did an hour and a half consult with them, uh, Ken, and I couldn't figure out, I finally figured out what they do. They were weatherproofing experts. They would debrick these mansions, put Tyvek coating on them and brick them back up and make them weatherproof. So we changed their name to weatherproofing experts. <laughs> Dot com. Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Uh, yeah, they absolutely. Do? They weatherproof your home. And they, they, they had these confusing puzzle, these puzzle pieces as a logo, and then we want, they wanted to keep it. So we kept those puzzle pieces as an umbrella over a home they were protecting. So there you go. Who am I? Understanding who you are clearly and translating that clearly so that your audience is not guessing. Uh, you ever seen a commercial that misses? Uh, that's not your fault, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Who are they? Next one is who are they? This is simple so far. Understanding your customer a little bit better. Like, who are you talking to? And really going deep with them, like what matters to them? What stage of life are they in? Uh, profile them. Uh, what's their political affiliation? What are their preferences? Uh, are, are they empty nesters? Are they, are they saving for retirement? Where are they in their life? And why does it matter? See, we call this Brands Bermuda Triangle. And we often see this getting lost between who am I and who they are as one of the most common crisis points of seeing marketing work. Because we go in and do these audits. Oh, I tried Facebook ads. It didn't work. Oh, I tried this. It didn't work. Oh, we did this. It didn't work. Really? I always say, well, why didn't it work? And there's times they're right. But sometimes mm -hmm. it was a small tweak, a small tweak in one of those two points. So getting real clear and removing yourself from the brands Bermuda Triangle with those first two points. Who am I and who are they? The third one is critical. And it's another simple one. What are the tools you're using? In other words, your website, your identity, your messaging. 
What are the tools you're using? Oftentimes we see clients get really clear on who they are and who their customer is, and then they don't take the time to adjust the tools. So they get marginal results like, oh, we're not going to adjust our website. But you didn't change it. You didn't change it to really hold the customer's hand and take them through the journey. So let's connect all the dots with your tools to make sure they represent you properly. We had a, one of my examples is we had a, a potential client come to us uh, and they had a, a World War II plane and they sent me a Word document. They said, hey, we're trying to get on the History Channel. I said, awesome. Okay, send me what you have. They sent me a, a Word document that had a picture of a black and white wildcat warplane and a pitch with t uh, tens of millions of dollars in requests for sponsorship. And I just thought, what is this? <laughs> I went and visited them. And Ken, I was blown away. They had two massive airplane hangars filled with dozens of their personal collection of jets and World War II and, and uh, uh, airplanes that they had lovingly restored. So they misrepresented themselves to me and to the History Channel. Mm -hmm. They didn't give it the right justice. We didn't understand how special it was. What In the center of his collection was a World War II wildcat, one of 12 left in the world that is even flyable. One of wow. 12. And he was buying the second one. And he wanted to take those two and do these big shows with them. Well, that's something I can get behind. Sure. That's exciting. So now let's do a video. Now let's build a website. The way. Now let's paint the picture. See, he had a great product. And he wasn't telling the story. And he wasn't showcasing it the right way. That's the third crisis point. And we see that all the time. So far, pretty fixable, right? Mm -hmm. Not that crazy. A few exercises to fix this. And the fourth one is having a plan. I have a chapter in my book that says, if things aren't going to according to plan, perhaps you don't have a plan. Do you have an organized plan? Do you have a strategic plan that says, here's who we're reaching, here's how, here's when. Are you taking the guesswork out of what you're supposed to do with your marketing? And I often share, I had a smart business partner that would always leave a room. Right before he left the room, he would say, who's the number one on this? In other words, who's managing this, right? Who's taking it? <laughs> yeah. Who's in charge of this? And that's the fifth crisis point is execution. Like who is the number one on your marketing? Who is it that's making sure that all of these things are happening, getting across the finish line? And I liken it to a, to a football game, which is something we talked about uh, pre-show. And, and you know, are you continuing to make first downs? When you have a plan, that shows you where the end zone is. When you've got a quarterback and whenever you're executing consistently, you're making first down, first down, first down towards your goals. So again, who am I? Who are they? What are the tools being used? Do you have a plan? And who's managing execution? I love it. I love it because it's a, like you said, there's some simple things, but I, I find it absolutely true as well that business owners oftentimes, large companies, small companies, all alike, they get so stuck in the weeds often that they miss some of these simple things. Um, you know, even just like you said, the first two, the who am I and um, who are they, you know, you could have the most amazing graphic design person that's putting together, you know, social media posts for you. But if you're not addressing those first two points, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, and, and even in regards to tools, um, you know, I just had a, I was in a clubhouse room um, uh, uh, last week and someone asked me a question. They said, you know, you're all over social media. Where should I be on social media? And I said, where are your customers? Right. right. You know, don't, don't, don't just say, oh my gosh, like the new hot thing is like, get on TikTok. Well, right. if, you're, if your customers aren't on TikTok, why would you waste your time? You know, I'd rather you, right. you know, to be focused on, you know, one or two platforms where your customers are, as opposed to trying to spread yourself thin across five platforms and doing a, you know, crappy job as a result. 
can you nail it? Because these campaigns get watered down and, and, you know, it happens to large companies too. Although a lot of times they have many of these dialed in, although there's room for improvement and you can see it quickly when you're always keeping these five top of mind, because when these are working in tandem, you get results because you know where to adjust. I mentioned pet mag earlier, like part of the plan and execution is knowing you're going to make adjustments, right? You just know that your plan, executing, tracking, measuring, adjusting, growing. So you're strategic on that sense. But, you know, when people get overwhelmed and go, I don't know what to do. There's so many options now. That's to your point. We say, great. So who is your customer? How are you communicating with them? Where are they breaking bread? Where do you need to meet them where they are? How do you do that? And then don't worry about the other things right now. Let's focus on those. And if you're focusing on those the right way, we, we build campaigns in three buckets. There's the external bucket, which is new customer acquisition. There's the internal bucket, which is how are you doing it? Maintaining relationships, plugging the holes in the bucket, cross-pollinating. And then the third bucket is blue skies. How am I doing with staying top of mind and owning market share? And when you run it through those five crisis points and address it with those three buckets, campaigns are successful. I love it. It's simple. It's easy to follow. I love it. Guys, you got to go check out Derek's book, Don't Buy a Duck. He talks about this in even more detail. He talks about a ton of other things in the book as well. Um, things like Pet Mag that he mentioned. Um, go check out his website, theartistevolution.com. Derek, I really appreciate you coming on the show. You shared a ton of uh, very insightful uh, in, in information with us. And I really appreciate it. Ken, thank you again for sharing your platform and your listeners are in great hands. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, thanks for listening to our show. Uh, and uh, thanks to our show sponsor, Porter Capital. Have a great week. And don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.